Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Pig Health Today, and with me is Dr. Aaron Lauer. He is a swine veterinarian at Carthage Veterinary Service in Illinois. Great to see yeah. you, Aaron. Thanks, Joe. Now, when I contacted you the other day and I said, Aaron, what's, what's new? What's going on out in the field? You got back to me, and, and your answer startled me, really, because you said Haemophilus parasuus, strep suus, and erysipelas. Yeah. These are old diseases. Yeah, they're pretty old bugs that uh, generally we thought we had under pretty good control, but they seem to be making a, a re-emergence here the last couple of years. Giving you job security in the process. Uh, unfortunately, and a lot of headaches and heartburn by our producers and, and pig caregivers. So what exactly is going on? Why are these bugs making a comeback? Yeah, it's it's been a little difficult for us to really kind of understand the epidemiology of that. It seems on the respiratory bacterial side with Strepsuus and Haemophilus parasuus that we've seen a little bit more consistency out of some of the multiplication systems. Seeing that bug show up downstream is, unfortunately, we've been switched, forced to switch multipliers because of a health outbreak or a, or a genetic change. Uh, we get some of those bacterial pathogens that come along with that. And so are we changing or is the bug, are the bugs changing? Uh, the bugs... Uh, they continue to outsmart us, and, and they've got to continue to change and adapt in order to, in order to stay uh, prevalent within the, within the industry. So I think it's a little bit of, of potentially both the way we've set up systems, and then also the bug may be changing here with time. Let's take a moment to talk about each one. Hemophilus, how is it different today than it was maybe five or ten yeah, years ago? Yeah, I mean, we, we continue to see that bug uh, prevalent. We can really find it in all pigs. It's we don't quite understand what makes it virulent in some pigs versus uh, not virulent in other pigs. We've uh, generally been able to control the bug by uh, single source flow, by uh, eradicating some of the other viral diseases like influenza and strep suis. But even in some of those situations, we're continuing to see that pigs, we're continuing to see pigs clinical for that at near the time of weaning and then definitely post wean. And what about strep suis? I know that you don't have a commercial vaccine yep. for that, so you're pretty much up to aut autogenous vaccines or injectable antibiotics. Why is that bug coming back? Yeah, that, that one's been uh, maybe a little bit more linear in flows and that sometimes we know that multipliers have, have uh, it's very common for us to see that bug downstream. Um, so that, that seems to be the source of that, that bug. And it's kind of the same way if we could eradicate and manage uh, wean age and, and the other viral diseases, we didn't have much of an issue with that. So here about four years ago, we didn't use any autogenous vaccines for, for strep or parasuis, or at least not very consistently. Unfortunately, in a couple of the flows now, we've, we've got those, those vaccines in pretty consistently. We see generally, uh, we see good response to the vaccine. It generally makes it 80, 90% better. Sometimes that varies on a week-to-week -week basis, but um, it really seems to improve downstream pig health, and then they also seem to respond to the antibiotic interventions a bit better if we've got them vaccinated, whether that's at the south side or on the piglet side. And let's talk about that a little bit, because the industry has been trending more toward individual pig care, where you're spending more time walking the pens and picking out the struggling pigs and giving them the treatments that they need. Uh, I would have to think that that would be very important in the management of strep. Yeah, and, and it still allows us, uh, with some of those autogenous vaccines, still allows us to, to do individual pig treatment instead of mass treatment because generally those pigs, we, we see just less incidence of them and they seem to respond to the injectables better than having to go in with a mass treatment because you walk into the barn today and all of a sudden have 5% of the pigs showing clinical signs for strep or parasuit. So if they've been vaccinated, they respond better to the antibiotic treatment, yes. is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's kind of where we are today on it. We've We've struggled even with that. I, you're still not 
not 100% satisfied with um, having used that, that many antibiotics or some of that mortality. So there's been some movement and experimentation with if they're going to get that pathogen at the time of weaning, maybe you need to give it to them earlier. And so we've done some actual live exposure to parasuus and strep at, say, three days old while they still have the litter integrity and time to build immunity there prior to weaning. The response to that's been variable. And how do you go about doing that? Uh, it's, it's really a live, live culture, a live inoculation, and then uh, freezing that and orally dosing pigs with that uh, at the time of processing. Now, I remember uh, your colleague Joe Connor telling me a couple months back that they were seeing a lot more strep, but they're seeing not just more of it, but it had become more complex. What has been your experience? Uh, it, uh, yes, it's become more complex, and as you continue to do diagnostics on flows, there's new strains that kind of pop up, and so uh, understanding the breadth of the strains that are within the population and, and which ones are virulent and which ones you need to put in the vaccine continue to be a struggle. Okay, so we've covered uh, parasuus, we've talked about strepsuus, erysipelas and finishers. I yes. haven't heard about that problem in yeah, a long time. I, uh, it's, it's interesting for me because I've been, I've been out about 10 years and generally have got, uh, I'll see one or two erysipelas cases a year. We'll see it sometimes in, in sow farms, generally in young parity sows or gilts from time to time. Uh, grow finish, we hardly ever see it anymore. So for the most part, we've taken grow finish erysipelas vaccination out of uh, most of the flows. Typically in the past, it's, it's described as a summertime disease when you've got stress, uh, weather stress, marketing stress, and that sort of thing. But what's been interesting here the last two winters is it's popped up in the last two winters and not necessarily in the summer. And have you seen any common ground where you've had problems with, the, with that bug uh, or certain management practices or types of facilities? The, the management practice that we've had in place or have been tried and true for a number of years. And so uh, sow farms continue to vaccinate. Uh, usually a rolling vaccination, so they're getting two and a half vaccinations a year, sometime during uh, gestation or, or post-farrow. Some farms will do mass vaccinations, and so most of these farms that have been having the downstream erysipelas issues have had those programs in place for a while, which have seemed to, seemed to control erysipelas both at the sow farm and then we hadn't seen it post-wean. As erysipelas has popped up, uh, it seems to be a bit more flow-based than an individual group base. So we'll see it at various different ages, late nursery all the way through finishing. And concurrently, we're generally seeing erysipelas also some at the sow farm, whether it's in gilts or some in P1s. And so we believe that some of this instability or, or erysipelas that we're seeing in the grow finish flow may, may be an issue actually at the sow farm. And so the intervention has been to go back into the sow farm and do some mass vaccinations or increase the frequency maybe to a quarterly vaccination or four times a year. Now, one thing these bugs all have in common is that they are bacterial. They're coming back and it's also at a time where the industry has been reducing its antibiotic usage or more specifically its usage of feed medications. Is there a connection? There, there definitely could be, as you think. Uh, most of the, the breed doing units, we've uh, historically it was very common to quarterly pulse those on tetracycline and whatnot. And for the most part, we've pulled those completely out of sow farms and haven't seen any any difference in production performance or downstream pig health. Uh, same thing on the grow finish side. Uh, we've that's really been the dramatic change here over the last couple of years with the VFD implementation. So as you think about how we start pigs. Generally, we've tried to, tried to pull that out, or maybe we've gone to some of the just more enteric 
feed medication. As you look at the data here over the last two years, there's been a dramatic decrease in antibiotic usage from the industry, which has been good, but these may be some of those negative repercussions that we're having from that, and we've just got to figure out how to manage that, whether it's immunity at the south arm, uh, putting the, the vaccine back in grow finish flows, or, or strategic placement antibiotics. And I guess you can't say enough about biosecurity. Um, what are the, some of the main slip-ups that you're seeing when you visit farms? Yeah, uh, we continue to see, I mean, it's easier for us to see on the viral side as we introduce that. So PDV and uh, porcine delta coronavirus have been uh, eye-opening. We continue to see quite a bit of that in Grow Finish. And it's all either when we're placing pigs or when we're marketing pigs. So we still continue to believe that most of those are transport, transportation driven whether we infected the loading chute and or the pigs right at the end of the turn, maybe we didn't recognize it, but when we bring in the next group of pigs, we didn't do en good enough sanitation and break the next group of pigs. What is a bit interesting on those pathogens and biosecurity is, as we think about PDV and Delta Corona, is that the sow farm break rate this year is about a third of what we've seen the last four years. Hmm. In the last four years, this time of year, we'd have six to seven percent of the sow farms positive, and in the uh, Bob Morrison SHIMP database that they send out, it's only about 2% this year. So that's, that's a key question or learning for the industry is how do we make that dramatic of a movement down when the last four years have been very, very consistent? Well, it sounds like it's a good problem to have. Yeah, it's, it is. And uh, that's the frustrating thing about biosecurity is you, sometimes it's really tough to understand what was the one thing, what was the one big change because it, that's, that's a dramatic shift and we've really had a very solid baseline break rate that's been very consistent for four years in a row. One final question, based on your recent experience with these bacterial pathogens, Strepsuis, Haemophilus, and uh, Erysipelas, are you concerned about any other bacterial pathogens coming back to rear their ugly heads? Yeah. Um, as we think about um, some of the enteric pathogens, uh, you know, we got Salmonella, we got Lawsonia, we've got hemolytic E. coli's. Um, those continue to be uh, a bit variable. Now, the good news is we've got decent amount of, um, of vaccine tools in order to, to try and place those, and that's that continues to be the progression that we see here over the last couple of years as we pull back on antibiotic usage. It's been uh, trying to assess those vaccines, what's the proper placement um, and proper timing and our ability to use those in a cost-effective manner. So is it safe to conclude that we at least we've got more tools available for battling these diseases than we did before? Yeah, we've, um, the, the allied industry continues to do a good job of uh, providing some of those tools to us. Um, we'd always like more tools um, because there are some of those pathogens in, and uh, especially as they mutate and change that uh, continue to try and get ahead of us. And so it continues to be the, the age-old age battle of, of the pathogens trying to stay ahead of us in our interventions. We've been talking to Dr. Aaron Lauer. He's a swine veterinarian at Carthage Veterinary Service in Illinois. Thanks again, Aaron.